This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. What's good? What's good? What's good? This your boy Marcus Harvey from Ghost Brothers. What's happening, man? This your boy Dalen Spratt from Ghost Brothers. And this is Jawan Mass from the Ghost Brothers. We like to give a big shout out to the Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hillbilly horror stories Where your stories is from a hillbilly And it's kind of horror Cause it's hillbilly horror stories That was terrible, Dalen yeah. I, I tried Tune into the podcast, we up in here Ghost Brothers Hey guys, welcome to episode 261 Of Hillbilly <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that was Freddy falling off the table <laughs> As we're just getting ready to record <laughs> All right, as we said, episode 261 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hey, everybody. <laughs> of course, Tracy's back after uh, missing last week's episode, spent uh, five days in the hospital. We'll talk about that here in a little bit after we get uh, through. Um, because of her being in the hospital, I chose rather than to research and come up with a full episode this week. Uh, plus, we had a Patreon bonus episode. We went ahead and did that one, but for this episode... I decided to uh, just put up an older Patreon episode, so we're going to use the 1790N from January of 2020, so it's about a year and a half old, and uh, I think you guys are really going to like this one, but this gave me the opportunity to be able to just kind of relax a little bit and let Tracy relax and let her fully recoup, and we're good to go now. Yeah, thanks guys for all your prayers and support. It meant a lot to me. Just having a tough way to go for some reason, but and bouncing back and... Yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to see John Fogarty uh, the night before last, and uh, we've got a funny story to tell you about that once we get through this uh, 1790 story. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened there, but it's kind of fun. Mm. Somewhat. First of all, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thanks to all of you guys, gals, and service animals for everything you do for us. Yes, thank you guys so much. You are so awesome. We keep you in our prayers every single day, and um, just thank you for keeping us safe and being our angels. I want to say that if you're struggling right now with life in general, uh, for whatever reasons, I just saw another statistic the other day that said that we've hit a record number of drug overdoses in the country. Yeah. And uh, it's just... It's heartbreaking. It is. It is. And some of that is just because people feel overcome, so they've find a way to self-medicate which is never the, the right thing to do but that that's the way some people find a way to cope and we just want people to know that if you're finding finding it hard to cope for whatever reason that uh, you've got us out there that are willing to talk to you you've got the group that you can join that's got 5100 people in it right now that is willing to help you any situation that you have there's somebody willing to try to help you out so please lean on us if you need to yes please Please reach out. Don't try to handle all this by yourself. 
we're always here for you um any time night or day if you feel more comfortable calling the suicide hotline it's 1-800-273-8255 you can also text them at 741-741 awesome as usual this episode is brought to you by oh you could take a hot sauce they are the number one habanero based hot sauce in the united states top 10 out of all hot sauces hashtag king of flavor you can get it at any major grocery store or you can reach out to lucateco.com. You can get all kinds of apparel, plus any other seven flavors of hot sauce, plus all kinds of other goodies. Just go check it out and put in Hillbilly Horror as your code, and you're going to save 10% off of your entire purchase. Yes. Hi, right, Tracy. So what we're going to do is go ahead and we're going to play this episode on the 1790 in. It's a really fun episode, and the place, of course, it's in Savannah, which we love Savannah. So, mm-hmm. And then I've got an interview with Pet Psychic... Carrie Kennedy. Yes. She was on before. It was actually one of the uh, interviews that we've done that we've had uh, probably the most response from. People just absolutely loved it. And she said that you guys reached out and she got more people getting readings from this show than any show she's ever been on. And I brought her back on and she actually did a reading of uh, Ninja because the last time it was of uh, a dog I had that had passed 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But she can also, you know, speak to animals that are living and we had some questions about some health questions about ninja and it's amazing how on yep. spot on she was yeah and i'm not talking oh i think he might have a tummy ache i'm talking specifics and mm-hmm. you'll see when you get into it yes so that'll be fun yeah uh, she's in, amazing and, and thank it, you guys it, for reaching out to her yes and in between uh the story that we're doing and her, of course, we'll do our little Patreons and stuff, but we want to tell you the story that happened at the John Fogarty concert, because I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Patreon bonus for January 15th. This month is flying by. I know. It's not flying by quick enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a trip to Key West February 9th. We'll be there on Valentine's Day. We will. <clears throat> so. So, hello, everybody. Where we go see Robert the Doll. Yep. And we'll go to Captain Tony's Saloon. Yes. And we've done stories on both of them. Good. I'm excited about that. Speaking of going to places that we've done stories on, we are doing a story tonight on the 1790 Inn in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, dang. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this place, it's a hotel that is got it's got all kinds of... A paranormal activity, and it is spelt one seven, then H U N D R E D. Oh, that's weird. And ninety, so seventeen hundred ninety. Why? I don't know. I never saw any reasons for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, just different. That's <laughs> what they did. And this is going to be one. It's got a lot of history to it. We're not going to do as much history as we're going to focus on the paranormal activity instead. So one of the most visited haunted places in Savannah is obviously the 1790 Inn. It's on President Street in the Historic District. We will definitely be going there when we take our trip to Savannah. Good. We will probably be staying there. That's my guess. We know far enough in advance. And uh, as we get into this, you'll probably be able to figure out the room I'll try to get. Oh, gosh. (laughs) If you go on a haunted uh, pub crawl, you're going to end up stopping at the bar there because that's every one of the haunted pub crawls go there. Savannah and Charleston and New Orleans are all similar in the fact that there's a thousand different ghost tours Mm -hmm. going on all the time. So it doesn't matter what night of the week it is, there's ghost tours coming. And you'll hear some of that. As we get into this story, 
we'll eventually we're going to end it with some um, reviews that people left on uh, like Travelocity and stuff like that oh, about good. staying there and some of their experiences. Ooh. So you'll hear some of the stuff about the ghost tours on there. Exciting. Now, this building, which hosts, uh, or I said should say houses, the 1790, is actually three buildings in total. So the first two parts of this haunted building were constructed between 1821 and 1823. The third part, which is the eastern part of the building, was built in 1888, so quite a bit later. It doesn't matter which part of the building you're in, the possibility of having ghostly run-ins are high at this hotel. Oh, cool, man. So let's talk about some of the ghosts. I told you we're not going to spend a lot of time. There'll be some more, uh, as we get through the story, there'll be a little more um, history and stuff, but we're just not going to get into it at the beginning. The most famous ghost here is Anne. And that's the one we'll spend the most time on. So, like I said, she's the most famous. Anne has been seen on the top floor and in room 204 specifically. Oh. It's the most haunted room in the hotel. I guess that's where you're going to try to get. Absolutely. Oh. Anne, which is, is what the staff calls her. Nobody really knows for sure if that's really what her name is. She seems to enjoy messing around with people and especially their belongings. Guests who stay in that room, they have reported um, their stuff moved around. Some of their stuff ended up missing. Stuff like clothes folded up that were just thrown on the bed. Stuff like that. You know, that's not really a good thing. No. Because you could bring the staff on things missing and stuff. That is true. You know? Or then again, maybe it is the staff doing it, so they're just blaming it on the ghost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> People have also said that they can feel the presence of Anne. While they're in the room, sheets have been tugged on. After the lights are turned out in the middle of the night, you can hear a woman kind of crying coming from some of the corners Aww. of the room. wonder why she's sad. I don't know. Probably because the lights are off. And she's getting blamed for stuff she didn't do. <laughs> True. They said people love to come to this hotel and they always ask for this because they're always hoping to have an encounter with the ghost that they call Anne. And most of the time, they are not let down. Woo. You say woo now. Uh-oh. <laughs> so who's Anne? Well, there's a couple of different philosophies on this. There was a woman living in the building, which is the east part of the property, named Anne at one point in time. So different variations of the story are going to come and go. But the premise is always the same thing. She was suffering from the loss of a loved one and threw herself off the railing of the second story balcony. Her body smashed into the courtyard below and she passed away. Here's the problems though with the story and some of these variations. See, the first Anne that we talked about who was associated with this building, her name was Anne White and she was the wife of Steel White. Steele was the gentleman who actually was responsible uh, for the building of the first two parts back mm -hmm. in the 1820s. He died in a horse riding accident in 1823. Anne was his widow. She was heartbroken, no doubt, and this fits the story so far. However, when Steele died, she moved from the house and moved out to Isle of Hope, which is a little south of Savannah. So... She lived there with her sister and brother-in-law for a number of years. In addition to this, the part of the building that Anne reportedly jumped from wasn't built until 1888. So hmm. these two facts would rule out Anne White being the Anne that the, the staff is seeing. Yeah. So who else could it be? 
Well, in 1888, the Powers family bought the building and they added the third part that, that we said was built, you know, in later years. It was said that that part of the building and that's, you know, the part she threw herself off of. Yeah. The part that they built. But it turns out that there was an Ann who lived there. Her name was Ann Powers. But is it possible this is the Ann that haunts the place? Probably not. <laughs> because the history doesn't really say that. Ann Powers lived to be in her 80s until the time of her death. Now, she lived at 128 Lincoln Street, which is the address where, where 1790 is located right now. She's mentioned in the 1920 census as being 78 years old. If you go back and you look at earlier censuses, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Censuses. It's reported that Anne lived at that address for a very long time. Since the 1890 census, matter of fact. She lived there with her husband, Patrick, at, at the time of the 1920 census. And they said he was 82 years old. So, based on the ages and the time... Mm-hmm. The Anne that supposedly threw herself off the balcony because her husband ran off to sea or went off to sea. Kind of unlikely that an 80-some-year-old man would go off to sea. Well, that's true. That makes no sense. And she would have been in her 70. So, uh, it's probably not her. So, there's two Anne's that we've talked about. Neither one of them fit that that could have been it historically. So, who is Anne who <laughs> seems to haunt this place? I have no idea. I can't. Uh, I can't find any other stories other than those two. And then definitely none of them that fit the story. So it's possible that somebody jumped from the balcony and killed themselves? Probably. Um, but there's no record to even show that happened. So there's probably a ghost there. I don't know why they assume it's Anne or how the story got started. Um, that there's an Anne that died there. But that's the story that's going around. And there's obviously a ghost that they pin that on. Yeah. Sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) So there have been some people that's had some run-ins with quote-unquote Anne. This is a family that came there and stayed. I thought this was a kind of cool story. Name was Lynn H. Her and her two daughters and their friends. They all came here. They were getting ready to take a trip up to New York from Florida. And they decided to stop there because they'd heard and they wanted to see what was up. Lynn and her family, they arrive at this beautiful property, only to find out that there's only one room available for the night. Room 204. Bingo. So, they're happy. They're excited about it. They took their room key. They get all their suitcases. They even notice in the lobby, before they even go up, just something just seems strange, like they're being watched. Mm -hmm. So, they're even getting more excited. Was it a spirit? Who knows? They didn't offer to take their bags up. I know that. <laughs> so oh, the, the spirits did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to room 204. They come in from the outside entrance. Lynn and the girls, they're immediately putting their bags down, going to the bathroom, doing stuff you do when you check into a hotel room for the first time. So the daughters are laying on the bed. Lynn gets up and she notices there's this teddy bear sitting up on a mantle. Mm-hmm. And the teddy bear has some uh, Mardi Gras beads mm-hmm. around it. And it's got a red ball, a good-sized red ball, not like a basketball, but it's not like a little ball either. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting there in between the bear's legs. 
Now, she immediately notices that this is the teddy bear that Ghost Hunters brought in there a couple of years with the t- from the TV show Ghost Hunters because she watched the them episode, talk about yeah. The, yeah, the episode with this one on there. And they brought that teddy bear in there. So I guess they left it. Mm-hmm. But she immediately knows. She goes to the bathroom. And while she's in there, she didn't touch the bear. It's important to mention she didn't touch the bear, didn't touch the ball. She's in the bathroom. She hears something. And all of a sudden, the girls start screaming. Mm-hmm. The ball had flew off of the mantle and halfway across the, the room. She comes out to see what was going on. Now, she didn't know because she just hears the girl scream. She comes up. That's what happened. She picks the ball up. She puts it back between the bear's legs. Mm-hmm. And it rolls again off the mantle, but it doesn't go as far as it did the first time. Mm-hmm. The girls say that it just pretty much just, you know, flew off. Like they the were trying to play catch. <laughs> And that's a good observation because what happened right before that? The girls were saying, are you there, Ann? Ann, do you want to play? And the mom had hollered in there, girls, be nice. And then right after that is when the ball came off. That's so cool. So if they thought that was going to be the end of their paranormal activity for the night, they were dead wrong. (laughs) No pun intended. So we mentioned that Lynn and her daughters and her friends were there. So Lynn's daughters were sitting on the bed and one of her friends was also sitting there. She had the lamp right next to the bed, right? Like Mm -hmm. on most hotels. So she turns the lamp on, it comes on and then she turns it off. Then she gets up, they're getting ready to go to dinner and the light starts flickering. That's right. It's been turned off, but now it's flickering. So they're thinking, well, maybe the bulbs or something like that. So they go over, they start playing with it. Can't figure anything out. So just basically is like, well, what the hell? They leave and go to dinner. When they get back, they recheck the light, but now it won't come on at all. Why? Yes. It was unplugged. It wasn't unplugged before. But now it's unplugged. Oh. So, I mean, could that be a, could it have been that it was plugged in, but it was barely oh, plugged was, in? Yeah, uh-huh. And as maybe when she turned it on, maybe the, you know, plug fell out. Mm-hmm. Plug fell out. I mean, that's possible. I'm playing mm-hmm. devil's advocate here, but that's what happened there. Or maybe it was just Anne. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, during the course of the night, they were going to try to get some sleep. That wasn't going to happen. It wasn't meant to be, apparently, because they could hear scratching at the end of the bedpost. And then there was these strange clicking noises. The windows rattled and the doorknobs shook all night long did everybody hear that yeah oh my gosh yeah. that's yeah, unnerving and when, and when we get to into um there's one story in particular later that somebody left on travelocity that i thought that was really cool okay you would not have liked so anyway all, all this time lynn and the girls were wanting to get some sleep but at the same time they were kind of digging this paranormal stuff this is what they wanted that's mm-hmm. why they came to stay here yeah and they definitely got everything they bargained for now to the next morning they go down to breakfast, and the owner of the 1790 had gathered everybody around him and started telling them stories about Anne. And for Lynn, and her daughters and friends, obviously, staying the night at 1780, or 90, rather, proved to be the experience that they wouldn't soon forget. So as he's telling them the story, they're like, um, we lived this stuff. So yeah, this was pretty awesome. They were excited. So then Lynn ended up putting it on Facebook, and... She said that 
you know, hey, this was awesome. It was absolutely, we're, we're planning our next trip back to Savannah mm-hmm. already. So she was so excited about what happened. She definitely wasn't scared off. So oh, who good. Knows? That's good they weren't scared. I'm sure she'll probably want to stay at 204, but we're going to find out as we get a little more into it. There is actually some activity that happens in some of the other rooms, too. Mm-hmm. I'm so. sure. Another ghost that's there is supposedly a ghost of a voodoo practitioner. How's that sound? That sounds kind of <laughs> scary. This one's been reported to pretty much stay in the kitchen, though. That's even scarier. And it's not the most friendly ghost. Mm. It's a lot more sinister than the ghost that we talked about that most people think seem to be Anne. So apparently this ghost haunts the kitchen. It's not fond of women being in the kitchen. Well, that's a weird thing. <laughs> I know it. Pots have been thrown. People have definitely been pushed. Sometimes they've been touched. And a lot of pranks have been pulled on women who are working in or around the kitchen. Now, staff members who've been working late at night in the area of the bar in the kitchen said they've had some pretty unnerving things happen to them. While all alone in the 1790, they will hear the sounds of someone moving in the kitchen, pots banging together, and the sound of metal jingling. The staff believes that this is the ghost of a servant who used to serve the family who lived in the house. The woman in question, whose name um, I couldn't find anywhere, was believed to be a, a voodoo practitioner. And if this is true, maybe her power of voodoo helps fuel the, the hauntings that are going on there. And who knows? Maybe that's uh, that's what's going on upstairs as well. Could be. Could be all the same person. Well, that's true. I wonder why she's mad about women being in the kitchen. I don't know. Maybe she thought that's our kitchen and nobody else needs to be in there, I guess. Well, I mean, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. So there's another ghost um, by the name of Thaddeus. It's a little boy. He likes to leave shiny pennies around on the bar, the tables, and the desk. He supposedly is a friendly ghost, and most people can tell when he's around because they feel a warm presence. Oh. So just a happy little boy. Cool. Are you excited about staying in that room? I think so, actually. I've got plenty more to tell you. Oh, wait. We're not done? No, we're not Oh, done. although I might have to change my thinking about it. Well, that's just basically the, the story. Now we're going to get into the Travelocity reviews and stuff like that of people who have stayed at the hotel. Okay. Are you excited? Sure. Okay. Why not? This one. This is from 2016. Definitely haunted. Like my voice. <laughs> Had a ghost try to escape. <laughs> it says, we stayed at room 102 on our first night here. The room is amazing. Fireplace, four-post bed. Feels like you step back in time. There are no windows in this room, so it stays very dark at night and in the morning. I want that room. Yeah, I'm sure you do. (laughs) We didn't have any paranormal things happen during our stay in this room, but it's a lovely room. For our second night, we decided to move up to the haunted room 204. While we didn't expect anything to happen, we thought it would be fun to stay, or to at least say that we stayed in that haunted room. Well, we definitely experienced some unexplainable things. Nothing happened at first, but as the night went on, we were absolutely graced with Anna's present. I think it's Anne. Is it Anna or Anna? 
What did I say? It was Anne, right? You said Anne. Yeah, she said Anna. But nobody knows what the hell her name is anyway. Yeah, that's right. Anna's the ghost. She hid our keys, pulled a vitamin out of, out of a pocket and placed it on the fireplace, unzipped my purse a couple of times. It was crazy. Every time we would go back up to our room from our trips to the restaurant or out on the town, we would feel her presence as we got closer to the room. Every hair on both of us was standing straight up and we had chills from head to toe. Neither of us were big believers, but now we are. Each room was a journal has a journal in which guests can write their experiences. It was cool to read through it and hear other people's experiences. We will definitely stay in the same room every time we visit Savannah. Mm. This one says hauntings and fine dining. So we stayed in the inn on July 30th, 2019. Not Ooh, too long ago. In rooms 201 and 204. This place is definitely haunted. You can feel the history throughout the inn and several of us had differently or different unearthly encounters. The staff were very friendly and welcoming and we had an exquisite five-star dinner. This was definitely an experience that none of us will forget. And they looked, listed the trip type. They said travel with family and the room tip. Room 204 is, haunt, is known to be haunted. We also had activity in room 201. Wow. Well, at least they got a good meal out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the one you like. I can't. I cannot wait to go there. I want to stay like three days there, for real. Because mm-hmm. I want to go to Moon River Brewery. Mm-hmm. That's definitely there. I think there's um, the Pirate's House, I think is the name of it. I want to go there. We're going to be running like a... Chicken with its head cut off during that time. So in, enjoy Key you West. Mean normal? <laughs> enjoy Key West where you don't have to run like a chicken with your head cut off. Okay. Here's the one you'll like. This is room 207. The Thumping Bed. Hmm. We arrived to the not-so-welcoming face of Grumpy. <laughs> That's uh, Grumpy, I believe, through some of the stuff I read, is like the... Um, concierge mm-hmm. but he's supposedly like a really nice guy but he just looks grumpy oh because <laughs> I, I saw his name in a bunch anyway so we arrived to the not so welcoming face of grumpy glad to have found a spot in the small parking lot and we rushed upon after this sounds like the people leave some of our reviews it's just it's like backhanded compliments all over the place yeah. so they got a small parking lot and they got it grumpy for the front so this is where we got already he wrote the small parking lot, and he rushed upon us after a long drive to, quote-unquote, help me park. As I'd driven a thousand miles without help, I declined. He introduced himself and told us to park close enough to the fence that we couldn't use the driver's door, <laughs> which was fine by me for the long term. Would have liked to have had the option and offer to, of help to get our bags out first. Once we checked in, through, though, Grumpy was right there. We'd already got a few pieces of luggage out. We declined his help, feeling awkward. Had we been in Michigan and he had said he was grumpy, no biggie. I would have been laughed and, and had him carry our bags. In Savannah, expecting Southern hospitality, I was amiss. We were helped up to room 207 by another employee who came forward and had big muscles. We said yes right away. I promise we're getting the haunted stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to read the whole thing because I thought it was funny. We said yes right away, LOL. Little did we expect Grumpy would be nothing compared to what we experienced that night. We checked in at 3 p.m. My 17-year-old daughter napped and I unpacked and 
went down to the bar to use the free drink coupon. Around 5.30, we dressed and went out for dinner, returning around 12.30 after getting ice cream at Leopold's, of course. Because mm-hmm. we'll have to get Leopold's. Mm-hmm. So while reading in bed, I asked my daughter, do you feel that? She said, yes, I do. And I have a feeling that something is wrong. Something is shaking the bed beneath me. I said, I know, me too, and it's moving. It felt like a mouse in the mattress, but it was going all over under us. It could not have been one mouse. It was the mattress thumping up against us everywhere. So we stayed on the bed for a couple of minutes, making sure we weren't crazy, and it continued. We got off the bed, and we were totally freaked out. I asked her if we should go sleep in the car. My daughter's a trooper, and we were tired, so she said, no, let's just go to sleep. We read and took Advil PM. The thumping from the mattress continued until we slept. I woke up. It was still thumping underneath me. We chose to ignore the phenomenon because I suppose we got what we asked for staying in a known haunted B&B. I honestly felt like I was in the Exorcist movie, and I don't think I've ever need to sleep anywhere I know where there is paranormal activity again. <laughs> we had read the journal in a room prior where others had documented this phenomenon until the morning, right before we left the room and wanted to document our experience. However, theirs was not as extensive as ours after reading it. The bed didn't just shake a little. The mattress thumped up against us for hours while we were awake. The staff was not on site, so there was no one to tell. The bed was still thumping up against me in the morning at 9 a.m. I knew we had to check out at 11, so I did get up and got ready. I felt bad letting my daughter sleep in the bed while I brushed my teeth, but she was sleeping finally and exhausted. The office called us at 11.10. We were not out of the room yet. We had an exhausting night and were to move to room 102. Being tired and not southern... I was my Michigan sassy self asking questions about the other room, wanting to get the heck out of this one. More worried about the extra fees than a haunting. It was an experience that I will never forget, although I wish I could. Whatever unsettled souls are there, it seems evil evil to profit off of their pain now that I have experienced it. I wish someone would show them the light, and I truly hope if if it's the ghost of Anna... It felt more demonic than anything, so I warn anyone else staying. I really do wish I would have checked the mattress for any wires or contraptions. Please check the beds and let me know. If anyone else experiences this, message me and let me know. I was so scared, I think I'm crazy, and now I'm thinking it must have been a hoax. We stayed in room 102 after. Spookier room by far than 207, but no happenings. Both nights we slept with the TV and the lights on. The whole ambiance of the place is like a movie with the characters and the setting. My daughter napped in the bed while I was at the bar and said I didn't. it didn't move at all. Hmm. God, that's weird. That's a long-ass review. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so this, this woman seems like fun. Yeah. <laughs> she only criticized everything. Uh, maybe they had like a secret quarter where you could put a quarter in. Yeah, I like that. That was one beds. Maybe it's one of those shiatsu massage things. So she's got like a top of the line mattress and she's complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one Two Nights with a Ghost. 
two whole nights. Yes. A very unique two-night stay in the very room haunted by the ghost of Anna. It must be Anna. I kept thinking it was Anne, but I guess it is Anna. All right. I don't think it matters. Well, still, though, I want to be—I want to be courteous to the ghost. If we stay there, I don't want her saying, "That's that bastard got my name wrong eight months ago." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a doll with angel wings rests on the pillows of the king-size bed. A Ouija board stashed in the top drawer of the dresser. And Anna Dreamcatcher sits on the mantle of the brick fireplace. Lots of windows with lace curtains. The staff here is very friendly and the service is top-notch. Great complimentary breakfast. The dining room with its ancient brick walls is elegant and relaxing. The food excellent. Lay in bed at night and hear the faint sound of the horse-drawn carriages passing along the streets below. And maybe, just maybe, a ghost. (laughs) What do you think about the fact that they have a Ouija board on the premises there. I don't know what I think about that. Well, there's some people... And then they have angel wings in the same room, so I guess it'll protect you. <laughs> I don't know if it's in one of the ones, because I can't remember all of them, but one of them, uh, the ones I saw, they actually had a complaint about the Ouija board, because they were... Um, they were an experienced paranormal investigator. Oh, yeah. And they said, oh, this would be fine for, you know... If you're an amateur just trying to start out, but they thought it was reckless to have a Ouija board in there because you're just asking people to invite stuff in that they don't know what they're dealing with and stuff like that. So I wonder if they still have it. Well, I'm sure they still do. Oh, my gosh. This one says, an amazing experience. What a fantastic gem this place is. We checked into the haunted room 204 for our first night and captured evidence both in audio and video form. I won't go into details so that you and experience it for yourself. The second night, we stayed in a fantastic room in the secondary property. Both rooms were top-notch. The service was great. Everyone we dealt with there was polite as can be. The food at the restaurant was to die for. Amazing place. Do not miss this if you're staying in in Savannah. Room 103. My family and I have been coming to Savannah on vacation for years. It was a last-minute decision to stay at 1790 Inn. After booking the reservation, my daughter told me that this hotel was haunted. (laughs) I had been on several haunted tours in Savannah, but I didn't give it another thought. The first night I had been awake, or I'm sorry, the first night I had went to bed around 1030 and was awakened by someone grabbing my ankle. I gave a creepy feeling, or I got a creepy feeling. I quickly rose up thinking it was my husband, but he was sound asleep. I laid back down and started to have very strange dreams about a woman who kept telling me that she died there. I woke up around 3.30 a.m., which is always the time that you wake up when bad stuff happens. The room was boiling hot. I had sweat dripping off of me. And no, it wasn't a hot flash. I got up to check the air, and it read 67 degrees. I had a weird feeling that someone was watching me, so I hurried up and jumped back into bed. Of course, my husband was snoozing away. The next morning, we went to breakfast, and I asked my husband had he experienced anything. He said no, but he believed in what I was telling him. We stayed a second night, and I made my husband switch sides with me because I was so creeped out. I put the covers almost over my head. Around 3.30 a.m., again, it starts to get boiling hot, and I feel this cold rush go over my face. 
and a chill that went all the way through me. I rose up out of bed and looked over at the love seat, and there sat a lady in her nightgown and a long red with long reddish brown hair. This was the same lady that had been in my dreams the night before. I quickly laid back down. I tried to go to sleep. My husband got up to go smoke around 6 a.m. and ran into a lady in a room down the hall that told him she had weird experiences all night. It took me a while to write this, but it has bothered me ever since returning home. Whoa. I think that's the room I want to stay in. That one? 103. Why do? Why? Because I like the fact that this lady actually saw somebody. Everybody else had little things happen, but she actually saw somebody. Hmm. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. It was a fun little episode. I like doing that. I like anything to do with Charleston or Savannah. So. Yeah. There's so many interesting things there, so I don't think you could ever be bored. No. Never. Never. I could, I could live in Savannah, I think. Yeah. All right. So... We're going to do the Patreon and... And um, and Ninja's going to bark. Ninja's going to bark. But we're going to do the Patreon and the uh, iTunes reviews real quick. And then we're going to tell our John Fogarty story. Okay. Um, our iTunes this week is Mojo Lobster, Evan Stern, NYC, Addie, Grammy, S. Leslie, 1089, and Nurse, Sid, 94. Thank you guys for your kind... Um, reviews and your prayers we i really appreciate it so much our patreons are Lori donaldson and i know i'm gonna say this one uh, it's jen's van migro but i think it sounds really beautiful if you say it the right way because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're overseas so i'm not sure how you say it oh i gotcha but thank you guys for your support we really love you and i do want to add that yesterday we were at uh, trader joe's is that what no. we're no, no, no. Traders. What is it? Uh, the the big flea market in uh, Trader World. Trader World up in Ohio. And I was sitting on a bench, really literally at the end of... This place is huge, number one, and yes. it's awesome. And I was sitting on this big, long bench, and it was toward an exit, which really there was nobody down there just because it really went in the sea. And I was waiting on Jerry to get back from the car. And I'm just sitting there, and I look up, and so this guy is just like looking at me and I'm like oh he said hey are you Tracy Polly?" and I was like mm, am I getting served papers <laughs> I'm not sure and I'm like yeah and he's like oh my god we love your podcast and he his name was Ash and his, he had his beautiful wife and his beautiful little girl and I just thought it was so nice that they stopped and said hello and they listened to the podcast. And we appreciate you so much, honey. But it's just still so weird to this day. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. like. And then while while I was gone running to the car, I ran into somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because, like I said, we're two hours from where we live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it was just really nice. And I want to say thank you for stopping and saying that. And. You know, it was nice to meet you, and um, hopefully you keep on listening. Yeah, if you hear this, send us an email, and then uh, maybe we'll send you a book or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, do that, please. Okay, so this story has to be told. The reason we were in Ohio is we went up to a place called Huber Heights, which is right outside of Dayton, and we saw John Fogarty, which was something I've wanted to do forever. Sometimes, though, things don't always go as planned. (laughs) It was supposed to rain. 
Now, where we were going to Huber Heights, everything is completely covered. So you think you're in pretty good shape. We had really good seats. We were on the corner, though, of the way this is set up. So, you know, you've got your middle and you got your two sides. And we were near the end of one of the rows on the side. It was still all covered. It was supposed to rain. It hadn't really. Sprinkle here, sprinkle there. We get in, we got our seats, everything is going good. I know, and I just had told Jerry, I said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're under the cover, we're not going to get wet. Right, because there was some lightning and stuff, so it looked like it was going to happen, and we're probably at this point a little more than halfway through the concert. Mm -hmm. Then it starts raining. But the funny thing was, (laughs) is before we even got into the place, I said, yay, we won't get wet, and then I said... But what if it starts to rain sideways? And you know what Kristen told me today, which was what? I didn't even realize? What? She said, uh, I thought it was funny because on the Forrest Gump movie, it was actually John Fogarty's song playing when it was all that rain. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead with your story. So anyway, so we're sitting there and it starts raining and it starts raining hard and it's blowing in on us. So even though we were undercover, you would have never known it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could look towards the middle of the arena and you could see the rain through the lights in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure they were, and they started moving some stuff on stage. So I think even on the stage, which was really far away from where the, the outer parts were, mm-hmm. I think they were still getting some. So as it sets, so of course, if you know anything about Tracy and her hair, yeah. she cannot stand for it to be wet. And because she uses hairspray and it gets all stiff and that's just one of her things. So humidity is a problem all of its own, let alone rain. she got to carry an umbrella everywhere. So we're sitting there in this rain. I mean, we are literally soaked. Mm-hmm. And she had just recently put blue dye in her hair. And this blue dye starts running <laughs> all over her white bib overalls, like on the uh, the strap parts. They're covered in blue dye. Oh, my God. So you think... Okay, and it stops and everything's good. We finished the concert. Now we got to go to our cars. It's not raining. We just got to go get in our car. So the worst of it's over. We just got to hurry up and get back to our hotel. Tracy don't want to stop anywhere, obviously, because of her hair. So the goal is just get out as fast as we can and get back to the hotel and get to our room. That all sounds simple. They herd us out like cattle (laughs) to the parking lot. And we get in the parking lot, and we can't find our car. We noticed at that point that we really didn't pay that close of attention to where we parked when we got out. And this parking lot doesn't have any, like, letters or rolls or anything like that. Like, there's no G3 or none of that stuff. So we kind of knew about where we parked as far as where the little grass strips and median and stuff were. So we're, we're looking for it. Then it starts thundering. Then it starts downpouring. Oh, my gosh. No umbrellas, nothing. And we can't find the car anywhere. We're checking on everyone. I know about where we should have parked, and we keep looking and looking and looking and looking. Nothing. Well, we weren't the only ones. No, we weren't the only There are all kinds of people. It is a downpour. It's like Woodstock all over again. Oh, my God. It was- so it's downpouring everywhere. And there's tons of people with their little clickers trying to get their cars to go off. And then we're trying to hear it. And so... A car would go off. Oh, that's us. No, it's somebody else. No, it's Mm -hmm. somebody else. Literally, not exaggerating, 30 minutes of standing in the rain. I eventually tell Tracy, go stand by this tree and don't move. I'm going to go up and down every aisle by myself. Probably about 25 aisles. Mm -hmm. 
I went up and down every single one of them, could not find the car. I eventually hooked back up with her. Somebody has given her an umbrella because they felt sorry for her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's still standing there underneath a tree that she's afraid to stand next to because of the Patreon episode that we just did on tra- trees and oh, yeah. poisonous. But if you've heard of Patreon, you'll get that. If not, you won't. So she's like, anything? No. I read. I looked again, up and down every single while, clicking my finger so much on our, our little uh, a panic horn that my finger was cramping up. I just made the fun, most the most out of it, then. and I took my shoes off and ran in the puddles and just embraced it. That's all you could do. And at this point, I'm thinking somebody stole our car, mm-hmm. or it's it could have been towed. It's free parking. It's their parking lot. I mean, what would happen? Eventually, we run into another. Uh, a couple, it was a, a guy and his son, I think. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't find it. And they're like, I think somebody stole our car. And I'm like, and we're thinking the same thing. And we both kind of, as we're all sitting there together, it kind of dawns on us, maybe there's another parking lot. And his dad was like, nope. Yeah. Nope, there's no other parking lot. This is it. And and we thought the same thing because you could see the entrance. But we end up asking somebody, like, oh, yeah, there's one on the other side. Them dang fools done took us out the wrong end. Yeah, so we go out the other side. They didn't. Nobody told you there was another parking lot. So when you go out to this big parking lot, you think that's it. So we end up going to the other side, and there, there we were sitting all by our lonesome, yep. just sitting there in about the same spot as we thought it would have been. We were just looking on the wrong side. That was the craziest shit ever. Yeah. So, like, but anyway, but yeah. So literally forty-five minutes from the time we walked out to the time we found our car. In a heavy downpour the entire time. Yeah, Jerry's wallet, all his money in his wallet was soaked. <laughs> shoes soaked. Oh, my I didn't gosh. bring any shoes with me. Uh-uh. So we get back to the hotel, and Tracy's got hair dye all over oh their towels, <laughs> all over her bib over. It's blue everywhere. It looks like somebody murdered a smurf in the bathroom. <laughs> and I take our clothes, so I have to. I have to go. We brought. I brought an extra shirt. And I brought extra socks and underwear. I didn't bring an extra pair of shorts, and my shorts were soaked. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to take these down. They had a little laundromat that was about five, six doors down. I'm like, I need to take these down and dry them, but I don't have any shorts to put on. So I put on a pair of Tracy's girl shorts <laughs> to walk down there, and I threw all this, including a pair of shoes, because my shoes were soaked, and it's the only pair I had. I take them down there, and I throw them in a the dryer, and I'm just letting these things saying they're so loud. But luckily, it wouldn't really anybody could hear them. I shut mm-hmm. the door to the laundry so nobody could hear it. Mm-hmm. And then I go back down there, and they weren't dry because the shoes had popped the dryer door open. Yeah. By now, it's midnight. So I had to put them back in again, and then I put the garbage can up next to it so it wouldn't kick. And then that, that was how our night ended up. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. And yes. when it was all said and done, we wake up the next day, and we're thinking, you know what? All that that happened, but it really wasn't, it was aggravating for the first, like, 10 minutes. But then it was like, yeah, it is what it is. And, it was kind of fun, actually. And now we look back, and, and I, the next day I was thinking, man, that was such a good concert. And I didn't even think about that part. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes of being stuck, and just that, that it's almost like that didn't even happen. Yeah, yeah. It and, was a fun time, it was. Except for, well, me looking hideous. And I could have been a blue smurf, you wouldn't have known it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I was trying to get Jerry to stand behind me so nobody could see that that right. blue had already got all over my bibs. And then, well, I don't even know what the heck. Yeah, I'm like, we're in the in the pitch dark. It wasn't pitch dark. It was pretty close. People are, are, are trying to get through because of the rain's getting ready to hit. And she's worried about somebody seeing some blue on her suspenders telling me to stand behind her. 
Well, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm vain. I don't know. I don't think that word's vain. It's more self-conscious. Or, oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. But, it was awful. But it was anyway, it was fun. I forgot how fun it was to run through puddles, actually. So anyway, bunch of fun stuff going on. All these live events going on. Go to HillbillyHorrorStories.com. Check all that out. I won't bore you with all the details, but we still got a few tickets left for uh, our getting closer. Our birthday show with Brohio, Tales from the Dark, and We Drink and We Know Things in August in Louisville. And then the next up and coming one is September with Diane and Kelly from History Goes Bump. Uh, we still got a few tickets left for that one. Not many, like eight, I think. And then we've got a handful of tickets left for the um, St. Augustine Lighthouse Tour. And all the other shows are on there. Go check them out and get your tickets there. All right, let's take a really quick sponsor break. And then we'll be back with Carrie Kennedy. Hey, guys. I have a special guest. This is one that I've been wanting to make happen for a while. I've got pet psychic Carrie Kennedy on. And she got rave reviews last time she was on the show. So, Carrie, thanks for coming back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be back. It's so funny because you live right here in the same city we live in, and we've never met. Isn't that crazy? We really need to do lunch. <laughs> yes, we will definitely make that happen at some point in time. So, Carrie, tell me a little bit again, because I know not everybody listened to the last episode. We have people that come and go. So I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself as far as your gift and how you think that gift came to be, or at least your realization of the gift? Sure. Um, well, I am a pet psychic and a, a people psychic. I'm a people medium and a, and a pet medium. So I do both. Um, I read people and pets. When I was 32 years old, it didn't happen until I was, I'm 44 right now. I didn't discover any of this until I was 32. Um, I always kind of knew I was intuitive, but um like I would be writing in my journals in my twenties and my handwriting would start changing. So I knew I was kind of channeling spirit at that point. And that freaked me out. So I kind of put it away and I was like, that freaks me out too much. I'm not going to keep doing that. Right. So, uh, but my uncle died when I was 32 and uh, I was sitting in my room the next day and just crying my eyes out. And I was like, I know that I can hear you. Will you please just let me know that you're okay. And I heard really loudly. I'm okay. And that's just kind of when I allowed it in and the floodgates kind of just opened up. And ever since then, I've just been able to hear spirit really loudly and because I was allowing it in and I was just open. And so from then on, on, I started talking to spirit. I started practicing on all my friends and family. And then eventually I started charging, uh, and, you know, I got better and better. I, I got certified as a psychic medium down in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and the more readings I did, I, uh, the more pets started coming through as I was doing mediumship readings. Like I'd be talking to a lady and a yellow bird would come through. And, uh, you know, like this one lady, I, I was like, um, who's this yellow bird? It keeps talking to me and <laughs> crying. And she's like, well, I had a yellow bird for 12 years. That's my yellow bird on the other side. So, um, and I love animals. I was actually, even though I was actually attacked by a dog when I was, I don't know if you can see my scar. I was attacked by a dog when I was six. Um, and it was a dog that was abused and neglected and crazy enough since then, I've been really passionate about helping animals who are abused and neglected and kind of being a voice for those animals and um, I, that's just always been a passion of mine. And so when I figured out that I could start talking to animals and hear them, you know, 
here living animals and animals on the other side, I kind of wanted to make a career out of it. So that's what I do now full time. I talk to animals. I'm, you know, an animal communicator is the title of it or pet psychic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I also do people readings every day. So I love it. Tell me a little bit about, you said that you went to Charleston, South Carolina and got certified. Tell me a little bit about the certification process. Uh, to to be a psychic medium, that I took like an intensive, intensive weekend course with uh, two other psychic mediums who were trained in London, England, and they were fantastic. They pushed me to my limits. It was frightening and scary and took me way out of my comfort zone, but it, they taught me a lot about how to really jump in and talk to spirit on the other side. And, and that really catapulted, uh, my experience of talking to the other side and really pulling through evidence and, and giving good readings. Um, and from there, I mean, that's, that's really the only formal training I ever did was with, you know, the people reading stuff. And then I'm pretty much self-talk when it, there's, excuse me, self-taught when it comes to pet readings. I just, well, I learned everything I could from Penelope Smith, who is the guru. Uh, she's a pioneer of, of animal communication. So I read everything I could get my hands on that she's taught. I've uh, listened to all her CDs. And um, and just this year, I, I participated in the 2021 Animal Communication Healers. And I think, I think that's what it's called, Healers Summit. Um, just a wealth of knowledge there. So I'm, I'm constantly reading everything I can about animal communication to kind of further my education on that. Um, but yeah, I, I love what I do. It's, it's a fun job. Awesome. How realistic is Dr. Doolittle? The movie or the, it, the was movie. It a movie or a book or it was a both, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the recent one with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I think anybody can do animal communication, right? I think that the idea of that story came from somewhere. I think everybody, I, I think so many people have been communicating with animals for centuries. You know, I believe anybody can do this. We all have this ability. We all have this innate ability to communicate with animals telepathically. You know, we just, we kind of forgot um, when we developed language, we forgot that we can, uh, receive messages from animals, whether that's by an innate knowing or a feeling that we get or words in our heads, or, um, you know, sometimes animals will show me pictures. Usually I get words in my head, but, you know, they send us messages in all different ways. And if you are quiet enough and still enough to know and to believe that they're communicating with you, it will, it will come to you. Just takes a little practice, but anybody can do it. I know with like with my dog Ninja, it's frustrating sometimes because you know when when animals want something, you know they'll come and like with with Ninja, he'll just stand in front of me and he'll just look at me, and sometimes he'll snort or something. He's getting my attention, and it's usually I can narrow it down. It's it's one of three or four things, you know, and then sometimes I've tried all three or four of those things, and it's none of them. And then I'm completely lost as to what to do in that situation. So, and it's frustrating because I'm like, I know he wants something and I want to be able to give him what he needs. And it's usually not like uh, something I feel like it's a medical problem or something like that, where it's like, oh no, we need to rush him to the vet. It's usually something like some kind of, he wants something different to eat than what he's got. But I, you know, 
it's aggravating to not know what they want. And you want to always know what's going through their heads. And uh, I think that's where these, honestly, like a Dr. Doolittle or something, I think that's where these things come about. It's more out of people saying, I wish we could do this. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I just encourage you next time your dog is sitting there staring at you, just practice and say, what do you want? And it's the first thing in your head that you hear back, pretend that you can hear your dog. And it sounds like your own voice in your head, but so okay. it's not going to hear like your dog's voice. You're not going to hear a booming <laughs> voice from God or anything. Like that. It's your own voice, or maybe your dog will show you a picture in your head, or maybe you'll just have a knowing, you know, cause it's clear audience, clear sentient, clairvoyant, all of those, all of your senses are involved when you're doing, when you're talking to an animal. So whatever comes in first, it's quick and subtle. Awesome. I will make sure I try that. Now I'm excited for it to happen <laughs> so I can try it out. All right. So Carrie, the last time you were on the show, apparently our, our listeners absolutely loved you because I've got tons of comments from people saying, hey, that was fantastic. I love that. And I know speaking to you, you said you had a great response of uh, of new new clients from our listener base. I did. I'm, I'm just so grateful to you for, you know, opening that wide up for me. I, I can't even tell you how many clients uh, came to me for a reading after that. So thank you. Now, were most of the clients that came to you, were they more for the pet side of things or for the personal side of things or a good mixture? I think I had a good mixture, but oh, well, mostly pets, I would say. I think, I mean, would you say that that's probably, even though you do both, that's kind of what you're most known for? I mean, I'm definitely known as a medium for sure. That's, that's my specialty, um, especially mediumship with pets, but you know, I'm without a doubt can always, always with a picture can always tune into an animal on the other side, no matter what, as long as I have a picture. Um, and you know, I, I have really good accuracy with, you know, animals for living, um, yeah, I, I also do life clarity readings, law of attraction coaching with people. Um, you know, I, my pet readings are definitely my favorite to do just because I, I, my mediumship ones, just because I help give closure to people who are just needing comfort while they're grieving. And those are the ones that touch my heart the most. Now I want to get into the reading that you did with me the last time you were on and, and you're going to uh, grant us another reading uh, with a current and uh, a pet tonight. So I'm excited about that. But I want to bring up before that, because I, I don't know why I get such a kick out of this, but I do, that you were on an episode of Ghost Brothers. Oh, and wow. uh, rehash that story real quick for me, because you've got a funny story that goes along with that. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, everything's funny when you're with those guys. They are just hands down the funniest three men. I, they're just and they're great guys. I mean, they're super. They're they're so much fun to work with. Um, I mean, I was terrified to go into that house. It, it was called the wedding cake house. It was their premiere episode of the ghost brothers haunted house guests. And, uh, I mean, I just, I, I got in there and was pushed by an entity. It was a negative entity. And, uh, luckily Jawan mass was standing in front of me. And when I fell forward, he was able to catch me. So, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty scary, actually. I'm not quite sure what the funny st- the funny tale is you're talking about. I think that was it, basically, that you were oh, about okay. to fall and he kind of grabbed you. I thought that was kind of funny. He grabbed me. Yeah, it, it was actually <laughs> ironic because that was the same room where the, the girl that was living there was 
terrorized by the same spirit. So it was, it was pretty intense, but I mean, I had to, they had to make sure I was okay. I had to run out of there. It was, it was creepy. It was so intense. It, was, <laughs> it felt like very demonic energy. It was, it was rough, but I was glad, uh, I was glad a handsome strapping tall man was there to catch me. <laughs> As <laughs> I'm sure most women would be. But <laughs> I fell forward uh, it, when this thing was pushing me. It was, it was pretty scary. All right. So the last time you were on, uh, you did a reading for me. It was a uh, passed over pet that I have by the name of Chocho. And uh, it's been, you know, closer to 20 years since the, that, that dog has passed uh, over the Rainbow Bridge. And I was completely amazed and, and very emotional, uh, not afraid to admit, with some of the st- stuff that you came up with, because it was, I remember you mentioned the fact that we used to walk past a firehouse and that we were close to the railroad tracks and all that was exactly true. And that, and that, that was not something that anybody other than people who knew where I lived at the time would have even known. And so that, that brought to me instant validity to your ability. And uh, I just know that I'm excited to see uh, what you have to offer tonight. So obviously the reading tonight will be Ninja, which is everybody on the show knows since he's got his own t-shirt and everything. (laughs) And Ninja sits and snores on the show on a regular basis. So you can hear him at any point in time. I've, I've said a thousand times, I, we constantly get messages from people saying, hey, I think at the 14 minute and 30 second mark, there's an EVP. Nope, it's Ninja. It's always Ninja. <laughs> but, you know, dogs is, uh, and everybody is amazed when they find out like he's a Maltese because they think it's a lot bigger dog, like a boxer or something by how loud he is in the background. So I think it's funny when people find out the first time. But uh, when I talked to you the last time, I had, you know, like I said, we talked about a dog that's passed on, but this time you're going to talk about a dog that I currently have here. Mm-hmm. So you tell me how to proceed. I'm not, I don't know how you do this. So you tell me how, how to do this. Well, usually when I, I'm talking to a client, I have them send me a picture and you did, you sent me a picture of your, your beautiful little dog. Um, tell me his name again. You, sorry. You just Ninja. Said, Ninja. Thank you. Um, so I just look at the picture and I get a download immediate when I immediately, when I look at the picture of the dog and, um, you know, I ask you, I, I just say, well, without giving anything away, is there anything you want to ask Ninja? And then, you know, I'll, as you're at before, or sorry, after you ask your question, then I will just give you a download of what he's saying too. Okay. So it's like a burning question that you want to ask him. My question would be, hmm? Is there a medical problem going on that we aren't aware of? Um, I mean, the first thing I'm picking up on with him is he's very itchy. Have you, you've noticed that, right? He's a little bit. Yes. Not, yeah. not a ton, but a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, he specifically says his left ear is pretty itchy. Okay. Um, I'll get that checked out to me. This, this always usually indicates some kind of food insensitivity or sensitivity or allergy, uh, I'm just curious, what brand of food is he on? Well, Ninja doesn't eat the best. <laughs> He's He tends to eat like, uh, he won't eat dog food, but sometimes he'll eat the cat food. So he eats like a lot of lunch meat. We feed him like a lot of lunch meat and stuff rather than, uh, so it's like oven roasted turkey breast and stuff like that other than regular dog food. But he has recently been eating those pepperoni 
sausage treats that he really likes. So it could possibly have something with that because that's really been the only real change in the last 30 days. Okay. Yeah. And um, so it's probably worth getting an allergy test. It's a simple, you could do a swab. It's, they can do a blood test or DNA swab in his mouth uh, at your vet to test for allergies. My guess is he's itchy because, and he's telling me he's pretty itchy. Uh, it's simple allergy test at the vet just to rule anything out. Okay. He does. He is saying his left ear is pretty itchy. Okay. So let me tell you about that. So more okay. validity for anybody listening. We just took him to get him groomed on Friday and they told us that that one ear actually does look like it might need some attention. So we've got a vet appointment set up for that. And once again, you didn't know that, but it's the purpose, the ear and everything is exactly spot on. Yeah. And he's making me feel like there's actually fluid in that left ear. And he keeps going like this, like that's, he's making me feel like I need to do this. Okay. I don't know if there's, if there's an infection or fluid or something, but yes, I'm glad you're getting that checked out. He also says his belly is upset. Like he feels a little bit nauseated. Um, it's not bad. He says it comes and it goes. Okay. I'm looking down you guys. Cause I'm looking at his picture just in case you're wondering why I'm looking over here. Um, what else do you want to tell me Ninja? I'm just gonna, I do, it's called body mapping where I scan the body and I literally I'm a physical medium. So I get inside his body and feel how else he's feeling too. He's also on the left side. He's showing me his back left leg has been a little bit sore. It, he says it sticks. Like sometimes it gets jarred. And does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's, he gets very sensitive back there. Occasionally, like if we're just petting him or playing around, if up on top of that back leg, if we touch it at a certain spot, you can tell it, it, it kind of jolts him and he'll snap his head around real quick, which he's never biting or anything like that, but that's his, way of saying hey that's really sensitive right there it's and i think we've had that looked at and i think it's got something to do with arthritis back there so we're we're trying to get that looked at some more when's the last time you got it scanned because i would honestly get it scanned again he's saying it's hurting a lot and it's it's a pain that's shooting down from his back into his left leg okay it, it's been a while but he on this next checkup uh that'll be something we have rechecked okay awesome I would have them check his stomach too. To me, it feels like acidic. Like I don't know if it's like heartburn, but it's like, he feels like he's got, it's like coming back up and it's, um, I don't know if he's coughing. <clears throat> Do you notice him coughing? Like, he, he does a reverse sneeze or something similar to that a lot. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it has to do with this. And I'm not a vet, you guys. I always say that I can't diagnose anything, but I feel like his right here, this is bothering him. So I don't know if it's collapsed trachea or something is going on with this right here. Okay. That's bothering him. So I would have them check this and his stomach. It doesn't feel right to me. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you doing for his pain? Are you doing anything to manage that? Cause I feel like that needs to happen. Not at the moment when we took him the last time they gave us some pain medication and we were doing that. And then we've been giving him some, uh, uh, children's Benadryl the chewable kind to help with some of the allergy type stuff. Cause we thought the reverse sneezing sins or whatever that is tends to go down when he's on that medication. Awesome. And that probably helps with the itching too. And you know right. about that one milligram per pound of uh, how much they weigh, right? Did the, your vet go through that? Right. 
Okay, awesome. Um, I tell everybody about CBD oil treats for dogs. There's a company called Honest Paws. It's just honestpaws.com. They make a, a they make a product called Calm, and it's peanut butter flavored. Uh, dogs tell me they love this all the time. I I tell people I should get paid because I tell people so much. <laughs> <about it. laughs> um, but dogs tell me they like the treats better than the oil. They don't like the smell of the oil. Sorry. I can understand that out there if you all are oil manufacturers for dogs, but they tell me they love the treats. So just try that. Um, just to get, take the edge off his pain. Cause he's, he's sore. He's saying I have arthritis in the back, right. But I, the back left is really hurting. Okay. okay. And then you might even get him back on pain meds. I would talk to your vet and just see, but, um, cause vets are not allowed to talk about CBD oil because it's not board certified. So they're not technically allowed to talk about it, but you know, they can talk about gabapentin, but a lot of times stuff like gabapentin will upset the dog's stomach. So I always tell people too, about acupuncture for dogs. It works great and allows them to heal their own bodies. So hmm, that's good. Interesting. And then Reiki and there's all kinds of, you know, holistic things you can do for a dog. Um, I, I do healing. I do um, Reiki and my own kind of brand of healing for animals, but uh, it's good stuff. All right. So my other issue, uh, and I'll, I'll, he's got an issue. I'll tell you, cause I'm sure you want me to be vague. He had, he has an issue that the vets can't seem to figure out that's happened with that's It's all started within the last year and a half to two years. And it's progressively, uh, getting worse as far as the symptoms, yeah. uh, would you have any idea what I might be talking about? Well, um, I, to me, he's talking about his bladder and peeing in the house. Is that what's going on? Well, that's happening too. He wears a diaper on a regular basis just because he likes to mark. So I don't think it's always like a control problem. I think it's just sometimes he likes to, you know, do stuff that he's <laughs> do things well, that he knows he's not supposed to do. He's saying um, he doesn't mean to. That's more of a neurological thing that's going on with. That's what I'm feeling anyway. It's like a neurological thing. Um, now he he is showing me shaking. So is he having seizures or is that um, or is that just shaking from pain? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I've I've never seen him shake. But to touch on what you just said, the problem is a neurological problem. Okay, and nobody can pinpoint it but where it's causing the problems more or less is i think like depth perception if i look at him straight on now i notice that his where am i looking at his right eye now is a little bit lazy eye so and i've never noticed before so he can look straight ahead but that eye kind of drifts a little bit and where i think it's coming into problems is i noticed that like we have a, a staircase and we've lived here for five years. He's never had a problem up and down the stairs, but now he's scared to come down the steps. It's like he's uh, he's tends to always be near the wall instead of out in the middle. And it's like afraid to take that first step, like his depth perceptions off. And he does the same thing outside. And he never had that problem before. And between that and and just uh, the whole the eye thing, I'll notice like if I go to open the back door, 
for him to be out. I can be standing at the door and I've got the whole open door in front of me, but he'll want to come around the backside of me and go between in my between my leg and the door where it's just a small spot. It's like it's a I don't like a comfort thing for him to not be in a wide open space and, and to have that. You know, I thought I, that's why I figured it was a depth perception thing. He he's he's actually saying I don't see as well as I used to. And maybe that's all that it is. I was kind of afraid that maybe he had had a stroke or he had had uh, maybe a mini stroke or something, a seizure or something to where that's caused a problem. He's showing me that there are shakings. To me, that indicates there could have been a seizure. I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not a vet, so I can't diagnose that. But that would just be something to watch out for. Um, or, you know, could also be a mini stroke, like you said. I don't really know. The, the other thing, let me point. No, she won't tell me that. So, oh, the other thing is, and, and another reason that this, I took him to the vet about a year and a half ago for this reason. They couldn't find anything, and then I took him back during the pandemic to get uh, uh, his rabies shot. And when you go to pick him up now, he kind of falls to the right, like he'll literally flop to the floor. Floor when you go to pick him up, or when you do pick him up he'll turn into like a C shape towards your body. It's like if I held him up, his head would go this way. His tail would go this way. It's like he's scared to death and that's never been an issue. So they noticed that at the vet when they went to pick him up, how he would react. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but they said they wanted to do some testing and they did and they couldn't find anything. And so I took him to another vet and they told me the same thing. They're, they're convinced it's a neurological problem, but they don't know what. And, and the testing is some ungodly amount, six, seven, eight thousand dollars. And they would I even was gonna have to go out of state to even have that done because nobody around here did it. And uh, so we've just kind of just left it at that because we really didn't know what else to do. Well, he was, I mean, he showed me shaking. So I'm gonna go with my first thing. Whatever I hear first is what I go with. And to me, that means a seizure. Okay. So I that's what he showed me. Um, so just something to watch out for. Okay. Okay. Also think that he's in pain and maybe like he's in pain on that left side. He just, we need to get the pain under control. And, and that's probably why he doesn't want to be picked up. That's a very good point. Okay. Awesome. He's still happy though. He needs you to know, like he's saying happy, happy. Like I'm still he just showed me pizza. Did you give him pizza recently? <laughs> no, well, not real recently, a couple nights ago, but I gave him, I gave him, I gave him some pepperoni off of pizza. He won't eat the whole thing. It's hard for him to hold onto his paws. You said a couple nights ago. Yeah. So that was pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. What else do you want to know? I don't know because I guess there's certain things I don't want to know, uh, obviously, but he just said, my daddy danced with me. Yeah. That ha that happens quite often. He just said a favorite thing to do with you. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. And you sing to him too. Yeah. I have, uh, I have little songs that I make up for him. So <laughs> he loves them. So keep doing it. Dad, he loves them. Yeah, that's funny. I've actually got a picture uh, somewhere of me and him, kind of me holding him up dancing. So, so I'll have, have to send it to you later. But uh, memory and hold on. He just showed me something about your knees. Do you have bad knees? Yes, yeah, so I've got really bad knees. And he said, they, he, helped, 
Go ahead. I was going to say they hurt me constantly. So I, I struggle going up and down the steps as much as he does sometimes. <laughs> he said he's there. Part of his role in your life is to help heal your knees. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've never seen him give me a prescription or do any Reiki. So maybe you're <laughs> off on that one. <laughs> well, so they heal us just by being in the room with us. They're just, I, I believe that energetic healers, or even if they're in the bed with us or sitting next to us, they are healing us at all times. Ask him who he likes better between me and Tracy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling a very strong soul connection, soul contract with dad. He loves her too, though, very much. Well, of course so. he does. Yeah. All right. I got, I got one for you. So Reese, uh, within the last two years, we've added a new pet family member, Freddie the cat, Freddie Perkery. And I would love to know what Ninja's true feelings are towards Freddie and the ferrets. He was an only child before then. He just said ferrets stink. No ferrets doubt. Freddie, I love, Freddie, love, hate. <laughs> Freddie annoys me sometimes, but I, I'm getting to like Freddie. Now yeah, that's, that's probably about as true as he could get because he definitely annoys him sometimes. Yeah. You know, it, it's like a, you know, brother, sister, or sorry, brother, brother connection there, right? Yeah. Kind of relationship. But the ferrets, he's curious about the ferrets, but um, he's, he, he really doesn't like the smell. They, they, he's saying strong odor. Yeah, can't deny that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the ferrets smell like, but he, that's what he's telling me. They just have a musky kind of smell to them. Carrie, I can't think of any other questions that I've got for him. Okay, let's see if he has anything else he wants to say. He just he just says, I love being around you. I love being your shadow. I want to go everywhere in the car with you. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. He sure don't show it when he's in the car. He gets really bad anxiety in the car, but he well, does want to go. He just hates it once he's in there. He wants to sit on your lap. Did you know that? Yeah. And that's where usually where he ends up sitting. Yeah. And he just showed me a place with boats. So did you take him to a place with boats or was he mm -hmm. on a boat? We, we didn't, but we just went on a pontoon uh, last week and uh, last Monday. And we once we got there, we were like, we should bring Ninja. I think he would probably like this. So he, and so anytime you're thinking about that, he can read it in your mind because animals communicate with visual images. So he picks up on it. So that's his way of saying, I want to go. So next time he really wants to go with you. I'll take him. We'll see how that works. I have to find a little life jacket for him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a picture of that. That'd be really cool. <laughs> He's weird though. He's, He's, he's got anxiety, but, uh, you know, especially like from the itching and stuff, but he's, he's just a beautiful little soul. He's, he's a spitfire. He's, he's sassy and, and silly and but loyal and sweet and a funny little guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's brought a lot of enjoyment to our life and, and we can't imagine a time without him. So I love that. Hopefully it's a long time from now. I, I think he's there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's what scares us when this stuff starts going on. Cause your mind automatically starts going with, Oh no. And then they're like your kids. So you hate the fact of knowing that there's something wrong and you don't know how to fix it. Of course. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. I think he's, you know, I don't see him going anytime soon and, okay. and sense that. So I don't, I don't see that anytime soon. So. Carrie, you've been a pleasure to have on as usual. Can't wait to do it again. We'll have to do Freddie next time, but yeah. tell everybody listening how they can get in touch with you to have their own reading done, whether it be through a pet or through uh, their human reading. Yeah, it's super easy. Just go to www.talktopets.com and you just select whatever reading you want it, whether it's a, a living animal, a mediumship reading with an animal or a, a people reading. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Everybody call Carrie, send her a message, tell her that uh, you heard about her on Hillbilly Horror Stories and get your reading. And uh, this is two that she's done for me and they've been both spot on and you know, in, anybody could take the in generals, uh, but to get specifics like the left ear, the left back leg, and all that's exactly true. It's not like we put it on Facebook for her to see. This has all happened recently within the last couple of weeks, and she knew about both of them. So incredible. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carrie. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this week. Thank you for being patient with us and allowing us to uh, basically not really skip an episode, but to use an older episode instead of giving you a brand new story. For most of you, it's brand new since most of you aren't on Patreon. But Yeah, thank you guys for understanding. We appreciate it. Again, thank you guys for your concern. I love you all so much. You'll never know how much I love you. Absolutely, I agree. We'll talk to you next week. Have a blessed week.